You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented, host of the program with you once again. Show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolates here out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get yourself signed up, you and the significant other. Maybe you've got a group of friends, small group of friends, and you want your own private chocolate making class or a dipping class you can do that at peterbrook chocolates here it's a good time 205-752-0211 and of course we've got halloween coming up and as we've told you before it's not halloween if you don't have one of those caramel wrapped chocolate dipped granny smith apples from peterbrook chocolates here joined as always on the program by executive producer joe gaither who together we combine to form the 60 minute move of Sports Talk Radio. A rather crestfallen Joe Gaither after the performance by his Chicago Bears, which we will touch on on this Winners and Losers Monday. Nick Foles, Joe Gaither, I don't know if he's the answer, but you can't go back to Mitch Trubitsky now, can you? No, definitely not. Nick Foles is going to have to get his act together, but I think Matt Nagy is going to have to call a much better game on Thursday when we play the Buccaneers. Nagy catching some uh, nagging from the Bears fan base because the hope anyway was that, okay, you got a veteran Super Bowl champion quarterback now at the controls. Now we're going to really see what Matt Nagy's offense is about, right, Joe? Was that sort of the thought? Was that now we'll see and the results yesterday up there? Uh, in the city with broad shoulders wasn't exactly what you were looking for. You're exactly right. Everybody thought that now uh, Matt Nagy has no excuses. And once again, we put up a dud on offense. You know, I just read uh, <laughs> teams that hold uh, hold opponents under 19 points are victorious 80, 80, 80% of the time. And uh, the Bears have lost four of those games under Matt Nagy now. I can't get on to you too much. My Jags yesterday handed Joe Burrow his first win as an NFL starting quarterback. So look. Life isn't so great in Northeast Florida for our Jaguars right now either. we got a lot of college football, obviously, to get into on the program today. Again, it is a winners and losers Monday, so we'll have a little bit of both for you as we move throughout the program. We are guest-free on this Monday, so if you'd like to jump on board, 205-342-9904. Love to get your thoughts from the sports weekend. Again, just about anything you could want in sports was going on between basketball at the professional level. Uh, professional golf, of course, college football, the NFL. You had a big night of high school football, which, again, if you were locked in right here to Tide 100.9 FM, you were up to speed by 11 o'clock on Friday night. Speaking of winners, we got to recognize the Hillcrest Patriots, man. They came out to Northeast uh, Tuscaloosa. The county school, Joe Gaither, put it on the city school in that one. Yeah, Hillcrest. Hillcrest took care of business. Uh, Mr. Ethan Crawford ended up with, what was it, five yeah. touchdowns, six? Uh, Sophomore quarterback he's for insane. Hillcrest. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a promising talent, no doubt about it. And uh, look, I give, North, I give Northridge credit. 
took some big lefts and rights there early in that game, made it interesting at least early in the second half, but Hillcrest gets it done. Big region win for the Hillcrest Patriots. And then, of course, on Saturday, we had the SEC football. You had, of course, the Alabama home opener here in Tuscaloosa. And I thought Saturday in the Southeastern Conference was more of a correction from the first week. We kind of came off that first week, and there were some questions certainly about the the usual suspects when you talk about uh, the best teams in the Southeastern Conference, LSU losing at home in week one. Things sort of settled in. Things sort of settled in on Saturday. You had Alabama here in Tuscaloosa taking care of the Texas A&M Aggies in a matchup of top 15 teams. 52-24, to 24, Mac Jones with a career high. 435 passing yards. How about John Mechie? Huh? The Canadian Express going for 181 receiving yards on just five catches, including two long, long touchdown grabs. Jalen Waddell goes over 100 receiving yards for the second straight game. For the second straight game, Najee Harris doesn't rush for 100 yards, but for the second straight game, Najee Harris finds the end zone on multiple occasions. What a touchdown streak. What a scoring streak for Najee Harris. As for the running game in general, we're going to get into some of that as it relates not only to Alabama, but the Southeastern Conference in general. You know, there's a good chance right now, if you're a fan of an SEC school, and I know this is the case with Auburn, after the first two performances on the ground this season by that Auburn offense, uh, there's a good chance your team isn't running the ball the way you would like. You know, I did a little research on this this morning and yesterday, as a matter of fact. And if you go back to 2013 in the Southeastern Conference, you didn't have a team that averaged less than 139 rushing yards per game seven years ago. Through two games in 2020, you've got nine teams averaging less than 139 rushing yards, including Alabama at 110 yards per game. You've got 10 teams in the SEC right now that are averaging less than four yards per carry. Yeah. This isn't even your stepdad's SEC, okay? Forget about your dad. I'm talking about your stepdad, you know? This, the, the second go-around. So uh, just a different league. Just a different league. And really, what I look at these days, as I've told you before, with a lot of these running backs like Kylan Hill, Najee Harris, um, Anias Smith, who put this on display firsthand here in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, is scrimmage yards. You know, scrimmage yards and yards per carry. That's where there was a little bit of concern, I thought, for Alabama, at least going into the fourth quarter. You just never really got Najee going in the run game. And look, when you're averaging, you know, when you're averaging like 13.2 per pass attempt, it, it isn't as important. When it becomes important is in the fourth quarter when you want to turn a 28-point lead into a 28-point win and you're looking to condense the quarter. And I thought Alabama was able to do that to an extent. That was the good news for the Alabama run game. Again, when you're hitting explosive plays like this offense has for the last three seasons, you know the, the, the yards, they're not available to you in every aspect of the game. But in the fourth quarter, I thought there were some bright spots. Brian Robinson ran the ball with authority. The offensive line got some push. I like the direct runs, I think, more than I do, say, the outside zones and some of those things. You got this huge mammoth offensive line. I don't know if I like them trying to get to the perimeter as much with this group, but we're only two games into it. Still plenty of time, as we saw a year ago. Alabama with Najee Harris really got that thing going after about a month into the 2019 season. So uh, no need to hit the panic button just yet. It's just a different SEC. It absolutely is. 205 342 9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us. Um, we'll just sort of get into some good, bad, ugly a little bit from the Alabama Texas AM game. Also, when we talk about the rest of the Southeastern Conference, 
uh, on Saturday. You know, I thought for Alabama, offensively, obviously, Mac for the most part, was dialed in once again. You know, you look at his first halves of the first two games of the season. Combine those four quarters, he's thrown for over 500 yards in the first two first halves of the 2020 season. And so uh, big, big numbers. It, it hasn't taken Mac long in games to sort of uh, to sort of get it going. You know, I think that the emergence of John Mechie obviously can only be a good thing. It's interesting to watch opposing defenses like Missouri and Texas A&M to this point because it seems like on the back end, man, they're still dead set on taking away Najee Harris as much as they can. And then also limiting yards after the catch. I mean, we've seen safeties for both Missouri and Texas A&M in these first two games really come up on pass plays, trying to shut down that quick slant and some of those other things that the last couple of years have been just absolutely devastating with guys after the catch for Alabama making big plays. And, you know, Max doing some subtle things with his shoulders and some pump fakes like he did once again on the long touchdown to Jalen Waddle on Saturday, really manipulating these guys even further. And so I guess maybe yards after catch on some of the quick game and some of the shorter passes has been limited, but Max just going over the top of it right now. And as you've seen uh, in recent days, Mac Jones now with three touchdown passes of 85 yards or more. No other quarterback in Alabama history has done that. And pass protection continues to be a bright spot for this Alabama offense. You know, the interception by A&M in the second quarter on Saturday, when you really go back and look at it, there's some irony involved in that too. Because pre-snap, two guys, I think it was Leal, DeMarvin Leal, and uh, and Tyree Jackson, I believe it was, the defensive end outside guy, Tyree Johnson, excuse me, that had the deflection that ended up in Leal's hands. Both those guys jumped off sides early. And I don't think Alabama at that point pre-snap was hot. In other words, I still think they were trying to get a look at what A&M had going on defensively, because then you see Mac Jones look over to Steve Sarkeesian to get the call. And I'm not sure if that was a check or if that was the initial call to begin with for the play, but we get on this Alabama offensive line. They did it again on Saturday with some false starts. We get on to them for the false starts. Two guys for A&M jump a yard off the ball, you know, offsides. And Alabama's offensive line doesn't flinch, you know, stays in place. Landon Dickerson doesn't snap the football, which, again, kind of leads me to believe that maybe maybe they weren't in a mode at that point pre-snap where they were really ready to go. They were just kind of waiting. But, you know, you don't jump offsides there, which would have rewarded you if you had done it there because you're going to get the five yards. And from that point forward, that play was doomed. You had the unaccounted rusher in uh, in Johnson. He gets the deflection. Leal makes a nice play. All the credit in the world, whatever you want to say about Najee other than his two touchdowns, um, what a play by Najee Harris. That's a great play to put on film for a couple different reasons. First of all, Charles Huff and Nick Saban love it because they can show it to the rest of the team how you don't quit, you don't give up on plays. And also, NFL people like to see that. That's a a feather in your cap if you're Najee Harris. It's just the right thing to do, but you don't always see guys do it. So that play was pretty much doomed from the start. And then so now you get into a situation where you're looking at, again, have you heard this one before? A deflection off an interception goes the other way against Mac Jones. And so afterwards with A&M cashing in, it's a 14 to 14 game in the second quarter. But just like he's done in the past, 
Najee Harris answers the bell. I mean, uh, Mac Jones answers the bell. You know, Alabama goes down. Um, I like that Alabama came out in that next drive in sort of a pistol formation and went straight to play action to Najee and hit Jalen Waddle on the crossing route. That's the Alabama Mac Jones offense I like to see. And then a little bit of tempo. You go to the wheel route. A&M, I thought, played the wheel route to both Miller Forstall and Najee Harris pretty well on Saturday. But both times, Mac put the ball where it had to be, and Forstall and Najee Harris went up and high-pointed it. So, you know, they answered the bell. 21 straight to end the, third, end the second quarter. Instead, now it's a 35-14 game. And that's pretty much it. You know, big play, obviously, Anias Smith dropping the crossing route on fourth down when he's got coverage from Christopher Allen in a play in which uh, he's got easy, easy first down, maybe, maybe a lot more there on that play. That was big. But uh, Mac Jones, once again, answers the bell, as does the rest of this Alabama offense. We're going to step aside to our first break of the program. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports. Winners and losers on a Monday here on the program. Travis Schreier, show as always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. Back with more right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by C Spire. Add C Spire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com slash AL Fiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Alabama football team improved to 2-0 on the season Saturday, defeating Texas A&M 52-24 at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts on the victory. Well, I'm very pleased with the effort that our players with t- played with today, the toughness. We had a lot of respect for Texas A&M's team. Uh, they were a ranked team, uh, so we knew it would be a difficult game. Uh, but our guys persevered, overcame some adversity, especially when we got ahead 14-0, and they tied it up 14-14 where you know, we give up a big play for a touchdown and then a turnover, and they get another touchdown you know, very quickly in the game. Uh, but our guys stayed the course and kept competing in the game. I'll have more in a moment. Here's to the couches, the lawn chairs. That worn-in recliner imprinted by yours truly. These are your front row tickets to a very different college football season. And while you can't be at the game, Seaspire brings the crimson tide to you with the fastest internet speeds for home and business. Because slow is only good for replay. So call dibs on that seat next to the seven-layer dip. It's football season at Seaspire. The Alabama soccer team fell to the Florida Gators 2-1 on Sunday in Gainesville. Sidney Vincennes scored in the fifth minute to give the Tide an early lead. The Gators grabbed two goals in the second period to earn the victory. Next up for Alabama is a match with Arkansas in Tuscaloosa next Sunday at 2 p.m. Central on ESPNU. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Seaspire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high today, 79. Mostly fair tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 81. And warmer Wednesday and Thursday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app.
Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It is a Winners and Losers Monday. We are recapping the action from the Southeastern Conference on the gridiron from over the weekend. Newsy weekend on the recruiting front, too. What was it about the third quarter or so on Saturday when you got word that J.D. Davison, the five-star point guard, had verbally committed to Nate Oates and the University of Alabama? Is Alabama men's basketball about to go headlong into the one-and-done business? We going to have a stretch here where Alabama has one-and-dones on a pretty regular basis? I mean, we saw it with Colin Sexton a couple of years ago. But now you're starting to bring in guys like Josh Primo, who have that sort of potential. J.D. Davison. Hmm. A lot of talent. A lot of talent being accumulated by Nate Oates, Antoine Petway, Brian Hodgson, that Alabama staff. Going to be fun to watch. J.D. Davison was kind of interesting because I don't cover recruiting on a daily basis. Our guys at Bama Online, Tim Watts, Hank South, They're in that world day in, day out. But I never got the vibe until really later last week because of Tim Watts and Hank that that Alabama was the the team to beat there, but it played out that way. And then we get word this morning from 247sports.com that Jaquincy McKinstry, the five-star cornerback and also a solid basketball player in his own right, he has set his decision date. Kool-Aid, going to put it out there, on October the 25th at Pinson Valley High School, 5 o'clock, Jaquincy McKinstry, another five-star in-state. A lot of recruiting news coming down the pike here in the coming days and weeks. On the not-so-good news front, saw this morning where Jim Henry, the sports editor for the Tallahassee Democrat, reporting that legendary Florida State coach Bobby Bowden at age 90 has tested positive for COVID-19. According to Jim Henry, Coach Bowden tells him that he feels good and he apparently sounds good and he will get retested today. He tested positive following a recent release from a hospital for a leg infection. So there you go. Legendary Florida State football coach, Howard College grad, before it became Sanford, right? Robert Kleckler Bowden, also known as Bobby, of course. We hope things work out for Coach Bowden. And, you know, we want to get excited about another weekend of Southeastern Conference football. Pretty nice slate coming up, starting with Florida at Texas A&M in that 11 a.m. game on ESPN Saturday. Tennessee at Georgia. You talk about two teams right now that sort of mirror one another. Boy, when I watch Tennessee and I watch Georgia, it's hard for me to really tell a difference. Although I will say I think Georgia defensively still a little bit beyond where Jeremy's got that side of the ball at this point in his tenure in Knoxville. But it's coming. If you're an Alabama fan, you already knew Henry Toa Toa was going to be really good because that one hurt on the recruiting trail a couple of years ago. It's worked out okay, I'd say, for Alabama. Christian Harris playing lights out in these first couple of games of the 2020 season to go along with Dylan Moses. But uh, Henry Toa Toa, already one of college football's top inside linebackers, is just a true sophomore. I'll say this about Christian Harris. I think Christian Harris right now is a top three or four player on this entire Alabama football team. And in my opinion, if I had to pick one defensive player as my top guy on that side of the ball through two games for Alabama, it would be Christian Harris. Boy, you talk about a sure tackler at this point. You look at some of the past Alabama greats at the linebacker position who, when they made contact or at least even got in the vicinity, you were going on the ground. That's Christian Harris right now. If Alabama has to have one tackle made, Christian Harris is the guy you want trying to make And so Tennessee defensively, probably not quite to where Georgia is. Georgia, 13 and a half point favorite 
coming up on Saturday. Did it seem like Georgia had more of a home field advantage against Auburn Saturday night, by the way, than any SEC team I've seen so far? I don't know. Maybe it was just the the way it was presented on television. Looked like Georgia had more people in Sanford Stadium than, say, Alabama had for A&M. Had some noise in there on Saturday night. Had a lot of reasons to make noise. Absolutely manhandled Auburn. Auburn now, I saw this stat. Auburn now, under Gus Malzahn, I think it's 0-11 on the road when you talk about uh, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU combined. 0-11. And I know people say, well, how do you do what he's done? He keeps getting extensions, and he's got a huge buyout, and... Look, we all know the deal. He's three and four against Alabama. You can be two and seven against Georgia, you know, or whatever it is now. If you're three and four against Alabama and Nick Saban, you just got to win that home game every other year. And that's what he's done over the last three years. He's two and one against Alabama. He's won both those home games at Jordan Hare. If you want to know what the value of a home win over Alabama is, and Nick Saban goes for what it's worth these days, look at Gus Malzahn. Because that's basically what he's standing on right now. And I don't like doing business with friends, and I'm afraid we may find that out once again with this Chad Morris-Gus Malzahn collaboration. They're boys and everything. Uh, If some things don't get fixed soon, I I, I, kind of cringed. You know, when that partnership came together, you know, I I don't know about doing business with friends and I know there's some Auburn fans not happy with Bo Nix, but the bottom line is this. I don't care who the quarterback is in that Auburn offense. If Auburn in that offense can't run the football, I don't care who the quarterback is. They're not going to be very efficient in the passing game, even with Seth Williams on the outside. I know Anthony Schwartz is a track guy and has world-class speed. But at the end of the day, Anthony Schwartz is a track guy with world-class speed who also plays football. You know, if it doesn't happen with Seth Williams right now in that passing game, it's not going to happen. Again, Bo Nix is Connor Shaw when Connor Shaw was the quarterback at South Carolina. Tough kid, gritty, all those things. But not dynamic as a passer and just okay as a runner. So if you don't have a really strong running game for him to work off of, this is what you're going to get with Bo Nix. We're going to step aside for another break. We come back. More of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It is a Winners and Losers Monday here on the program. It was a tough, tough weekend for the ag schools. The agricultural schools, man, and the SEC took it on the chin, didn't they? A&M 
here in Tuscaloosa, Albin, on the road at Georgia. And then what about Mississippi State? Oof. Congratulations, by the way, to Arkansas. First SEC win. Really thought Sam Pittman was going to uh, take the bagel himself this season. And in all SEC year, exclusive scheduling with the conference. I I thought that was coming for Sam Pittman. Good for him. Good for him. Good for Arkansas. Not so good for Mississippi State. The Bulldogs must still be partying down in Baton Rouge after that upset of LSU a week ago. What was that? That is what you're going to get from Mike Leach on occasion. You know, Mike has some of those in him. Michael gets you to the highest of highs, you know, like when he was at Texas Tech and the Red Raiders beat Texas back when beating Texas actually meant something, by the way. Uh, Washington State, you know, he had some of those kind of wins. And he did it right off the bat at Mississippi State against LSU. But you're going to get some of these from the, the Pirate. You know, what about the Pirate last week doing the promo video with the bandwagon telling people there were still room? I think there's still some room on that bandwagon after that home loss to Arkansas on Saturday night. Kylan Hill goes out of that game in the first half. And, uh, you know, what about Barry Odom? You remember Barry Odom, right? Was the head coach at Missouri? Well, he's in his first year as a defensive coordinator at uh, at uh, Arkansas. And Barry Odom has a pretty good history against Mike Leach. And he kept it unbeaten, undefeated on Saturday night. Just played a lot of zone, kept it in front of him, made tackles. You know, LSU is going to man you up. And they struggled with some of that against that Mississippi State offense. But with Kylan Hill out of there and the potential for yards after the catch going out with him, uh, Mississippi State became a lot easier to defend. And Arkansas did a good job, obviously. What was it, 59 pass attempts for K.J. Costello? Had some brutal turnovers in that game Saturday night, too. 59 pass attempts for 313 yards. So those yards per attempt, we always talk about, right? And when you look at Matt Jones right now through two games for Alabama, he's north of 13 yards per attempt. As great as Tua was the last couple of years, you know what Tua averaged yards per attempt? And it was the best in the NCAA at the FBS level last year. Tua averaged 11.3, I think it was, last year. That was as good as anybody. That was better than Joe Burrow last year. And right now, Mac Jones is at 13.4. He's two yards above. Now, small sample size. We get some games under the belt here. Although, I think against this Ole Miss defense, this week we might be looking at more of the same. But it kind of puts into perspective at least the start to this season. And even when he played last year, Mac was, you know, in the high 10, 10, 8, somewhere like that, yards per attempt. So these opponents that think, look, we got to play the sticks on third down, take away the dig, take away the slant. Mac showing you if you do that, he'll throw it over your head. Done it more than once here in these first couple of games. Two zero five three four two. 9904, that is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. What about the Alabama defense? What do you think of that on Saturday? Still a little too much green, right? Too often between specifically Alabama safeties and linebackers when going against opposing running backs, tight ends. And you're going to get more of that this week, by the way, with Ole Miss. Lane's got some tape on you. And Lane's got that offense going pretty good over in Oxford. That was a big win up in Lexington Saturday night. Kentucky misses an extra point. Oof. And Ole Miss gets it done, 42-41. Matt Corral is playing at a high level at the quarterback position. He's like Mac Jones. He's averaging north of 13 per attempt, I believe, at this point. Ole Miss has similar weaponry. As to what you saw from Texas A&M on Saturday, 
Jerion Ely is one of those kind of backs. Elijah Moore, kind of that sort of player, like an Anaya Smith as well. Got a potential second coming of DK Metcalf slash AJ Brown and Jonathan Mingo. You may recall Mingo late in the game here in Tuscaloosa last year beat Jalen Armour Davis for a mop-up time touchdown. Really talented young receiver. And you got Corral pulling the trigger. You've got a good enough offensive line for Ole Miss. And you got Kenny Yaboa, grad transfer tight end from Temple that has come in there. And similar to like a Jalen Weidermeyer from A&M, he can hit you in chunks from the tight end position. So kind of a good news, bad news. If you didn't like some of what you saw from the Alabama defense, you could view that negatively looking ahead to this week. But at the same time, the preparation shouldn't be all that different. So with that, the hopes that maybe some of the mental miscues and errors in general will be minimalized because this is an entirely new concept you're going to have to deal with with Lane and Ole Miss on the offensive side of the ball. You know, as much as anything coming up this weekend, man, we got to keep this tropical weather out of here. Can we get a break from the tropical storms and the hurricanes, for crying out loud? I mean, the poor Gulf Coast has had far enough at this point. Can we all agree on that? And it looks like this thing, by the end of the week, Friday into Saturday, is just going to be getting the party started. And you got some games that certainly could be impacted by all this. Florida, Texas A&M, and College Station, potentially. Uh, of course, LSU hosting Missouri on Saturday night. Even Alabama at Ole Miss, based on the projections that we're seeing, could be in sort of the, what is it, the cone? They call it the projection cone. Yeah. Arkansas at Auburn. Yeah, there's a lot of SEC football, and first and foremost, you're just, again, the poor folks of the Gulf Coast, man. Can they catch a break? Here's another game outside the SEC on Saturday night where we're going to find out a little something about a little something. We're going to find out about the Miami Hurricanes on Saturday night. Miami goes to Clemson. That's your ABC Saturday night game of the week. Clemson, an early 15-point fave at home a lot of love for Miami after these first couple of three weeks a lot of people on that Miami bandwagon me not so much to show me game for the Hurricanes go to Clemson and not even so much win the game but stay within 10 or so and I'll start to believe along with so many others a little bit I got to see it on the road at a place like Clemson first though before I'm ready to go all in Somebody you should have probably gone all in with, speaking of that, over this last weekend, was Rusty. And we don't like to give Rusty a lot of credit here on the program. But we, yeah, that's right, Rusty. But Rusty did have a three in one week, including two outright winners as home underdogs. Yeah, Rusty doing his version of uh, Jalen Ramsey smack talk to Golden Tate there. Did you see that deal yesterday, by the way, in L.A. with Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate squaring off right there in the middle of the field after the game? And then apparently Jalen Ramsey went and waited outside the Giants locker room for Golden Tate. And there's a lot of backstory there, man. If you haven't read up on that, Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate, I believe, are Nashville area guys. At their, at their core, at their roots. Well, Golden Tate's sister once dated Jalen Ramsey and actually uh, is the mother of two of Jalen Ramsey's children. So when we talk about bad blood, we're literally talking about blood involved in that one. Oof. And Ramsey put a number on Golden Tate on the field during the game. Not sure if you saw the tackle. I'm pretty sure Jalen was dialing up Golden Tate throughout that game yesterday. But uh, they went semi-pro football yesterday. You know, that's the stuff you expect from the semi-pro te- teams, you know. 
on the local levels when they play. You had it in the NFL with the Rams and the Giants yesterday. But congratulations to Rusty. Three and one week for the big dog. Not a chihuahua this week. Rusty was a, he was a Rottweiler with those home dogs. Three and one. He goes to seven, four, and one on the season. That's a profitable seven, four, and one for Rusty. We'll see what he has coming up this week because you've got a lot of home dogs in the Southeastern Conference coming up on Saturday. Going to step aside to our final break. As we do so, want to remind you the show brought to you by Houston Hydra Steam, our good friends there at Houston Hydra Steam. Quality work you can stand on, home of the Houston Rug Revival. And it is absolutely truth in advertising when I tell you it is a rug revival when Houston Hydra Steam pays a visit to your home or perhaps your commercial property as well. 205-553-9460. That's going to get you in touch with Jackie and the rest of the crew there at Houston Hydra Steam. They're going to take care of your carpets, your rugs, your upholstery, your window treatments, your tile and grout cleaning, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. Houston Hydrostein, 205-553-9460. Back with more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high today, 79. Mostly fair tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, sunny with a high at 81. And warmer Wednesday and Thursday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on side 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're going to get with Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. 205-886-3616. Dependability. Thorough in what they do. A very personal approach to your home. They'll clean. They can handle different areas of your home. But you have an emphasis on a certain aspect of the cleaning that you want performed. They can specialize in any of that for you there at Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. It is that time on Monday, by the way, when the SEC... Uh, releases its players of the week for the previous week, the previous Saturday. And you also have the Alabama coaching staff uh, offering up its players of the week on the team level. The SEC for this week, offensive player of the week is Mac Jones, redshirt junior quarterback from the University of Alabama, coming off that 435-yard performance against the Texas A&M Aggies. And also... The freshman of the week is Alabama defensive back Malachi Moore. Man, he was really good. Really, really good. He was actually the 24-7 sports national true freshman of the week as well. The former Hewitt Trustful standout. You know, A&M, as you sort of expected, targeted Malachi Moore and really the interior of that Alabama defense between the safeties and you know, the sub-package personnel and the inside linebackers with Weidermeyer, Anias Smith, the rest of those guys, you sort of anticipated that coming because A&M not as dynamic on the outside, certainly not without Jamon Osmond. And, of course, he opted out before the season. But uh, Malachi Moore, he answered the bell, gave up a little bit of a slant early, and then A&M came back to it. 
and Moore answered with a pass breakup. And from that point forward, he was on it. I liked from Malachi Moore as a true freshman at that star position. A&M also challenged him a little bit with the quick passing game to the perimeter. You know, and you're thinking if you're Jimbo Fisher, I'm sure, look, this guy's a true freshman. He doesn't know how to set an edge. We're going to flip it out there. We're going to get him blocked and turn an easy an easy opportunity into a explosive play. Malachi Moore had something for that, too. Kept that outside shoulder clean. Got off the block. Helped make the play for a minimal gain. That was really impressive. Really encouraging to see from Malachi Moore. He was outstanding. Absolutely. Absolutely on Saturday. As far as the team players of the week for the Alabama Crimson Tide, seven of those this week after five a week ago. Deontay Brown... Uh, the redshirt senior left guard uh, picks up offensive player of the week mention from the UA coaching staff. Mac Jones, of course, going to be in that group, and that was the case. Uh, John Mechie, after that big performance, the sophomore wide receiver, 181 yards, had touchdown catches of 78 and 63. John Mechie, too. Think about the perceived little things at the wide receiver position, things that Alabama fans have just grown accustomed to seeing, blocking a big part of that. Mechie continues to do a nice job out on the perimeter, along with Devontae Smith and also Jalen Waddell. And that is sort of a, uh, you know, that trio this year, they're getting some miles on those tires. I think we saw Slade Bolden as the next wide receiver in as the fourth guy on Saturday, but it's a lot of Devontae Smith, a lot of Jalen Waddle, which you expected, and now John Mechie. Although Alabama, for the second straight game, actually came out in a two-tight end set with Carl Tucker and Miller Forstall. So still, at least to the naked eye, a little more balance between 11 and 12 personnel, three wide receivers and two wide receiver sets, uh, but still seeing a lot of John Mechie. Early in the season. Defensively, Christopher Allen, good to see the fourth year player pick up defensive player of the week honors. I thought the front seven, in terms of pressure and tackle for loss production, picked it up as the game went along. There was like under three minutes left in the second quarter before Byron Young had his tackle for loss, and that was the first TFL by a defensive player on either team at that point in the game on Saturday, almost a halftime before you had a TFL. Uh, the aforementioned Malachi Moore is a defensive player of the week for this Alabama team. Special teams, Will Reichard. You know, I don't want to jinx it at this point, although I'm not very superstitious when it comes to sports. I think that ended about the time I graduated from the bathtub to the shower, okay? Not big on, oh, don't talk during a no-hitter. Don't talk during a good round of golf. Come on, grow up a little bit. Will Reichard, 10 points in the game on Saturday. 7 for 7 on PATs. Had a 27-yard field goal. Interesting, too, that we saw Will Reichard get some opportunities kicking off. He had three kickoffs uh, on Saturday. Chase Allen still involved in that mix as well. Special Teams Player of the Week. uh, You also have Jalen Waddell in that mix actually got a chance to return a punt. That was sort of the equivalent of a Bigfoot sighting Saturday in that game because you just don't go into games anymore thinking Jalen Waddle's going to get any opportunities in the kick return game. He actually had one for 11 yards, but he too, like Mechie, uh, did most of his big work in the passing game. He was also back deep on kickoffs. I mean, you see even guys like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, not just in the return game. You see these guys covering kicks. It's pretty crazy. Patrick Sertan. You know, Alabama's going to use frontline players in the kicking game. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. The Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line as we put a wrap on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. I'll give you a big winner from over the weekend based on the way things sounded on Saturday morning compared to how they actually played out yesterday and even into today is the National Football League. Boy, that sounded ominous, didn't it? To put it nicely on Saturday morning, when you started hearing about the Saints deal and the Patriots with Cam Newton 
and the Chiefs with Jordan Tamu, the former Ole Miss quarterback, reserve quarterback for the Chiefs now testing positive. And you started to wonder exactly what the NFL was going to look like over the weekend. And for them to be able to pull it off to the extent they did yesterday and then parlay it into a Monday night doubleheader, how about that tonight? I mean, the bad part about it is you're not going to have Cam Newton for the Patriots this evening at Kansas City. I mean, why couldn't it have been the long snapper or something, right? I mean, we hate to wish sickness on anybody. And we know on this program, we actually appreciate specialists far more than any other program you're going to tune into. But that's the downside for tonight. You're going to have a Monday night football doubleheader, but uh, you're not going to have Cam Newton at quarterback for the Patriots against Patrick Mahomes and those defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Late game tonight, Atlanta Falcons. How far up can the Atlanta Falcons get tonight before, if you're a Falcons fan, you feel okay about getting a W over the Packers on the road with Aaron Rodgers? The limit does not exist. (laughs) I was going to say infinite. (laughs) But look, again, I think the NFL just being able to do what they were able to do with the Titans stuff and everything else too. Uh, If they get these two games off tonight without a hitch, that will have proven to be a pretty good weekend for the NFL. You got Major League Baseball playoffs cranking up this afternoon, too. Our Braves get going tomorrow in Houston against those dynastic Miami Marlins when it comes to the postseason, anyway. The Marlins ever going to lose a series in the postseason? Braves are going to put it to the test coming up out in H-Town starting tomorrow there in the state of Texas. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Joe Gaither and the crew there at Tide 100.9 FM for putting up with me and making this show possible. Lunch whistle on this Monday. Southern Ale House, man. It'll take care of your case of the Mondays. I was there Friday with good bread. Got that chopped wedge salad that I love so much. Oh, never disappoints like anything else there you're not going to be disappointed in when it comes to southern ale house 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hill section of tuscaloosa until 11 a.m on tuesday have a great rest of your monday everybody oh. Oh.